Okay, good morning, everybody. So I just want to say right from the off that God's hand has been on this service for about three weeks. God's hand is on every service. It's not this one in particular, but there's certainly been a tangible sense of God's hand upon this service. The topic that I'm going to speak about um, popped into my head, I say, about three weeks ago. And I kind of um, researched a little bit, and I thought, nah, it's got no legs. Nah, I'm, I'm going to go this way. Um, and up until Tuesday night, it was going to be a completely different sermon. Um, but it just didn't feel right. There was just something, it just, just wasn't right. So I went back to the original plan, obviously God's plan, not my plan. Um, so I, I genuinely believe that today's message and today's service, we've already had so many confirmations from different people about different things. God is weaving his will um, into this, this service this morning. So um, hopefully there will be something for, for people in, in this message. So, okay, just kind of a quick recap. Uh, ordinary people, extraordinary God. This is the series that we have been uh, looking at over the past however many weeks. And we can all say, why me? And certainly as somebody who suffers with self-worth issues, self-image issues, um, kind of an inferiority complex, I can genuinely say, why me? God, why have you chosen me? Um, but the answer comes back, why not? Um, so, Every character that we can admire in the Bible is an ordinary person, but they're choosing to go beyond themselves and serve an extraordinary God. And there's this verse, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful this morning that I am foolish and that I am weak because through my weakness God will shine through so again just a quick summary that um, we're exploring these biblical characters to understand how and why God chose them we seek to serve the Lord faithfully with humility obedience and faith and as we grow in these we will see God and what the great things that he can do Okay, sometimes we have a little bit of a kind of a, not a competition, but a guessing game who the topic of the uh, preacher is going to be about this morning. So um, any ideas? The, the picture's not particularly clear, but any ideas? Leper? Did, is that what you said? Yeah, fantastic. So woo. my talk this morning is going to be about the Samaritan leper. And the image there is courtesy of the Leprosy Mission. Um, amazing website if you want to have a look um, and, and go and have a look at that. So if you feel able to, um, it would be really good if you'd be willing to um, read these passages of scripture with me. I think there's something really powerful when we all declare the word of God together. So now on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, 
Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it is a living word. And that in such few uh, verses, there is so much wealth and so much richness that we can glean and take for ourselves. So, Father God, I just pray that um, I will be your vessel this morning, that your message will be what is heard in this place this morning. Amen. Okay, so just a little bit of kind of background. Lepers were social outcasts. They were cast out from their communities because they were leprous. It was a contagious disease and nobody wanted to catch it. So they were basically put outside the communities. They were put outside the villages. And often what they would do is that they would gather together as a group for their own personal safety, but also to combat the isolation. If you were leprous, you were on your own. So they would gather together to kind of form these little communities to combat that. Being unclean meant that they were rejected by others. So again, because of the leprosy, nobody wanted to touch them. Nobody wanted to be near them. And it was very much a case of actively rejecting them. And you can probably imagine that that rejection may well have crept into their hearts so much that they couldn't even approach Jesus. We read in those passages that instead of approaching Jesus, what they did is that they stood at a distance and called for his mercy from afar. They felt so rejected, so isolated, that they felt that they couldn't actually approach Jesus, so instead shouted to him from a distance. And in those days, leprosy didn't get better. Okay, it was a disease that just was not curable. Thankfully, these days there is a cure, um, very strong antibiotics. But there were some other skin conditions back then that were considered possibly leprosy. They, they didn't necessarily have the same medical um, abilities that we have today to be able to diagnose accurately. So there were some skin conditions that may be considered leprosy, but actually turned out to be something different. So sometimes people would get better. And if they did feel that they had been healed, either through prayer or a miracle or other means, the custom at that time was that if they believed they were cured, they had to present themselves to the priest. And it was the priest that would examine them and um, tell people that they were healed, pronounce them clean again in order then that they could rejoin their communities, they could come back into the fold, into the family, into the villages. We read that it was a Samaritan that came back to thank Jesus. 
Now, we know that the Samaritans were enemies of the Jews. And we've got few stories in, in the New Testament. Um, in Luke 10, 25 to 37, we have the story of the Good Samaritan. And we all know that story, the Sunday school story, which is also very applicable to us as adults, um, about the Samaritan was the one who um, tended to the uh, guy that had been robbed, took him to a place of safety and paid for his treatment and his caring. We also read of the Samaritan woman at the well. The fact that this lady um, was not married, that she'd had several husbands, that the person that she was with now wasn't her husband, that she felt that she had to come out in the heat of the day in order to collect her water because she was considered outcast as well. But Jesus met with her. He spoke to her. He showed himself to her. And again here we have this Samaritan leper. And why was it that it was the Samaritan that came back to thank Jesus? Maybe it was because of a deep sense of what had been done for him. As I say, Samaritans were considered lesser people. They were enemies of the Jews. But for him to be accepted by Christ, to be healed by Christ, maybe he felt that what he had received was so big, so great, that he just had to go back and thank Jesus he had been shown unmerited grace and favor. He didn't deserve it. He had been shown it, and he felt such a debt of gratitude that he went back and thanked him, thanked Jesus. Just ask yourselves, what if somebody does something really trivial for you? What is your attitude in terms of thankfulness and gratitude? You might say, oh, great, thanks. That was brilliant. Thank you very much. What if somebody does something really big for you? What if they put themselves out? What if they really, um, it's a real effort for them to have done something for you? What is your feelings of gratitude at that point? Certainly for me, if it's the trivial thing, I'll say, yeah, great, thanks, cheers, brill. But if it's something that that has really cost something somebody in order to, to do that thing for me, I genuinely feel touched. It's like, wow, you did that for me? And it may well be that that was this attitude of this Samaritan leper. Jesus told them to present themselves to the priest whilst they still had leprosy. Jesus didn't say, you are healed, now go present yourself to the priest. What he said was, go and present yourself to the priest. And that was while they were still with him. And it was as they left, as they moved towards going to present themselves to the priest, that is when they were healed. That meant that these leprous men had to believe against the evidence that they saw before them. If they looked at their hands, maybe there was a finger missing. Maybe there was a piece of skin that was hanging off. But yet, because Jesus had told them, go and present yourself to the priest, they went. They acted in faith against the evidence that they could see in front of themselves, their own hands. And that is a definition of faith, isn't it? Assurance or confidence of what we hope for with a conviction and assurance about what we do not see. And that is from Hebrews 11, verse 1. 
Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. The other fact in this story was that the healing of these men was not dependent on their gratitude. It wasn't a case of because they didn't come back to say thank you, suddenly they became leprous again. God's grace is for everyone, whether they acknowledge his presence, whether they acknowledge that grace or not. God makes the sun shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, and the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. That's Matthew 5, verse 58. For these men, it was their faith that made them well. The fact that they called out to Jesus for mercy in that first instance, and the fact that they responded in faith by going to present themselves to the priest once Jesus had said. Now, as I say, I felt God's hand upon this um, sermon, this service. And thankfulness or gratitude was the big word that kind of kept coming back to me. And we already had that as Chris was, was kicking off the service, you know, enter his gates with thanksgiving or the, the other verse that he said. And I just want to look a little bit on gratitude. What, what, what is gratitude? So gratitude, gratitude, according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, is the quality of being thankful. A readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. Now, I also hadn't kind of clocked until this morning when um, Claire sent me a, a message this morning, again from yesterday's Limitless um, Youth Leaders uh, training. Um, and what she shared was that the, the, one of the phrases used yesterday was that thankfulness is the culture of heaven. And I hadn't really twigged, but I looked up this morning then, well, what is thankfulness versus gratitude? And actually, they can be considered synonyms, so a word or a phrase that does mean the same. But also, some people would say that thankfulness is more of a response to a particular event or experience, but that gratitude is more of an appreciation of something done and received, something more um, ongoing and, and deeper. So again, gratitude can be broadly defined as the appreciation of what is valuable or meaning to oneself. And it can mean different things to different people. As I say, whether you believe that thankfulness and gratitude are the same or whether there is a difference to it, it doesn't really matter. It's that attitude of, of thankfulness, attitude of gratitude that is important. Psychologists will actually go even further and they will categorize gratitude into three types or thankfulness into three different types. One is what they would term an effective trait. So that's an overall tendency to have a grateful disposition. And we all know these people, don't we? Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. I have pains to say, but there are some individuals that they just have this grateful disposition Whatever is thrown at them, they're just joyful and they're grateful about everything that they have. And that is what, I say, the psychologist would, would kind of classify this effective trait. The next type of gratitude is a mood. 
its daily fluctuations in overall gratitude. So I would certainly say I've got this. When things are going well, when I'm having a good day, when students are doing what they're supposed to, when husband is doing what he's supposed to, when kids are behaving, not fighting, I can say, yeah, thanks. I'm having a good day. I'm, I can be grateful about this day. Other days when, you know, things are not going quite so well, I certainly don't have this kind of mood of, of gratitude there. And then the third category is an emotion. And again, I think we can all kind of associate with this, that it, it's something more temporary. It's a feeling of gratitude that one may feel after receiving a gift or a favour. So if you get a gift and you think, oh, yeah, I feel really thankful, that's great. So at this point, I have some gifts. So I only have two, so it's very much a first come, first, first serve, as it were. Who would like a gift? Adora, you were the first hand up. Okay, would you like to open it, please? Okay, and if you show everybody, and for those at home, it's a chocolate orange. What do you say, Adore? Thank you. Fabulous. Okay. I have a second gift. Oh, Polish. Titi. There you go. If you'd like to open that. Okay. She said thank you. For everybody, that is a smelly, stinky, dirty sock. Okay. But she said thank you. Whose is it? It's John's. Sorry, John. Okay. I will come back to the gifts, but I just wanted to share a little bit of joy in the house this morning by sharing those gifts. <laughs> okay. So, again, there are some health benefits to gratitude. So, from UCLA Health, um, they have proven that gratitude will reduce depression. It will lessen anxiety. It supports heart health. It relieves stress and in, it improves sleep. So I don't know about you guys, but I could certainly do with these benefits. Hopefully my heart is, is healthy, but even still, anything that helps to support that is, is a good thing. Now this is based on a secular world, okay? And secular world will have these concepts of mind over matter, positive mental attitude. So if you have this positive mental attitude of gratitude, you will have these health benefits. How much more effective for us as Christians when we know the person that we can show that gratitude to? How much more do we have to be thankful for because of Christ and because of what he has done? Now, it's easy to be grateful for something you want or something nice that you received. Dore? Yeah? Dore had a lovely chocolate orange. Which he's happy to share. Thank you. There's only 15 or oh, 20 segments though, so you Yeah. But it's it's easy, isn't it? Would you agree it's easy to be thankful for something nice or something that you've really been desperate for for a long time and you get given it? It's great. Not so easy to be thankful for a smelly old sock. Sorry? She had to think about it, exactly. 
we're kind of conditioned to, 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 to say thank you. It's like, yeah, great, thank you. And I'm sure you've all received that Christmas present. That you, th- you It's this massive box and, and you're opening it with excitement and you think, oh, what could it be? And it's like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, great, thank you. Really wanted one of these. And even harder to be thankful for something unpleasant or something painful that you've not asked for. But I would challenge you, challenge all of us, that even when you receive that unpleasant thing, that painful thing, that thing you have not desired, that there is still something to be grateful and thankful for in that. My example would be for for Titi, that she's got this horrible, smelly sock. She thinks, what am I going to do with that? If she went out to her car, I don't know if you drive, but yeah, she went out to her car. Being here in Aberystwyth, we've got all these seagulls that decide to use certain areas as latrines. If Titi went to her car and her windscreen was covered in faecal material and she's got nothing to clean her windscreen with, but yet, she's got that old smelly, dirty sock. She could use that. Wow, isn't it amazing that she received that sock in church this morning? Okay, I'm being flippant. But the point is, whatever we're going through, wherever we're at, whatever we may be feeling, there is always something that we can be grateful for. And for us as Christians, what is the ultimate thing that we can be thankful and grateful for? Christ. And the fact that he was hung on that tree in order to reconcile me back to the Father. That I can spend eternity in heaven worshipping like we did this morning. I can be so grateful and thankful for that irrespective of what is going on in my life right now. And you may say to me, Sharon, you've got no idea what I'm going through. I'm going through the darkest time in my life. You don't know the pain and the suffering that I'm going through. How dare you stand there and tell me that I've got something to be thankful for. But I would say to you, look to Christ. Look to Christ And say thank you for all that he has given you. All that he has done for you. And all that he is yet to do for you. We're told in 1 Thessalonians 5 to rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Even for a smelly sock. That's not in the Bible, that's my paraphrasing. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to rejoice, to pray, and to give thanks in everything. Again, another kind of um, advert for um, connect groups. Um, As I said at the beginning, I'd thought about this kind of topic three weeks ago, and in my wisdom, I'd kind of discarded it because I was like, nah, that doesn't really fit in with, with what I think should be happening. Um, But on Tuesday night, kind of God changed my mind and showed me, no, it's thankfulness, gratitude, the leper that I need to talk about. And in Connect Group on Wednesday evening, um, 
it was such a confirmation. We were just talking about different things and the attitude of gratitude came up. And um, Janet shared a story about Corey Ten Boom. Um, for those of you that don't know, her and her family were members of a Dutch Reformed church. And during the German occupation of Netherlands, um, they acted to try and hide Jews from arrest and deportation. For her efforts, she was, however, imprisoned, um, interned into a concentration camp, and lost several family members. But in her book, The Hiding Place, she recounts of how she and her sister Betsy, uh, whilst imprisoned, they were assigned to this dormitory that was crawling with lice and fleas. And determined to live out that verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, Betsy prayed and thanked God for all aspects of their situation, including the lice. Because that meant that the guards wouldn't then come into their dormitory that they could praise God freely and openly in that place. So if you can be thankful for lice, how much more can we be thankful for Christ and everything that he has done for us? Okay, so as I say, it's easy to be grateful for something you want or something nice. Not so easy to be grateful and thankful for something we don't want. But how about something that hasn't yet been done? Without knowing the outcome, without knowing what the end is from this point, how easy is it to be thankful? Is it going to go my way? Am I going to get what I want? Is it going to work out like I expected? I can't say thank you for that because it's all in the future. I, I don't know. But again, one of Corey Ten Boom's famous quotes Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. He knows the end from the beginning. He's outside of time. He's promised us that everything is for our own greater good because we love him. Therefore, surely we can be thankful for something that is yet to, to happen. By expressing our gratitude, our thankfulness to God, what we're doing is acknowledging that he's done or going to do that marvellous work and that all glory will go to him. When we express gratitude to God, we release heaven's miracles. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thanking God in advance for what he is yet to do is an act of faith. Just as those lepers acted in faith when Jesus told them to go present themselves to the priest, we also act in faith when we thank him in advance of what he's going to do. And as I shared with you, Claire shared with me this morning that thankfulness is the culture of heaven. And if we want to bring heaven to earth, one way of activating that culture, sorry, that was a fly, one way of activating that culture is to cultivate, uh, sorry, one way of activating um, that, to cultivate that is to make, a, 
Oh, excuse me. Sorry, that fly really put me off. Um, if we want to bring heaven to earth, one way to do that is to cultivate that culture of thankfulness or gratitude here on earth. And as I said, as we express gratitude to God, we're releasing heaven's miracles. And some examples of, of when Christ did it. John 6 verses 11 onwards, feeding the 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. Thanksgiving can lead to a miracle of multiplication. Similarly, feeding the 4,000 recounted in Matthew 15. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and he gave thanks. Thanksgiving can also lead to the miracle of breathing life into something that is dead. And in John 11, we hear the story of um, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And then he proceeded to call Lazarus out of the grave, who had been there for three, four days. Thanksgiving can lead to the miracle of breathing life into something that is dead. Thanksgiving can also lead to the miracle of supernatural strength to face difficulty. In Matthew 26, verses 26 to 29, we hear the story of the final, of, of the Last Supper. While Jesus was eating, while they were eating, sorry, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from, this, from the fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And towards the end of the service, we're going to come to that communion table where we're going to partake and share in the bread and the wine. But at the beginning of this Passover, Jesus was excited to be sharing this meal with his disciples. But what he was also doing was he was actually giving thanks in advance of what he was going to have to go through. His body that would be broken. His blood that would be poured out in order for the new covenant to take place. He was giving thanks in advance of his suffering. Wow. Now often we face situations where we find our strength is gone. When there's nothing left. Everything is hopeless. And we feel helpless. Jesus gave thanks before his suffering. He was in that same position. He knew what was ahead of him. He knew the pain that he was going to have to go through. But yet, he gave thanks. Hoping that the cup would pass him by, but knowing in his heart that it wouldn't. 
thanksgiving doesn't remove the trial or that tribulation. doesn't take it away. doesn't mean that you can just live happily ever after. But what it does do is that it empowers you to see through to the end. Please don't hear me say that you need to be thankful for the trial. That, that's not what I'm saying. You know, we don't wish and um, ask for, for trials upon ourselves. But in that trial, you can be thankful. You can be grateful because God is there. We had a word from Marvin at the beginning of the service last week that even whilst you're going through it, God is working. God is doing things in the unseen that we may never see until we get to heaven. There are certain things that happen in this world, in our lives, that we just don't understand. And you think, why, God, why? But you can still say thank you because he is there. He's carrying us through. He, he is leading us through. He's gone ahead. He's behind, he's above, he's below, but he's also within. So even when things are really tough, we can still say thank you. So as we draw to a close, I just want to ask some questions. Is this the first time that you may have acknowledged God and his goodness? Do you need to return in order to thank God for something that he has done in your life? Like that Samaritan leper. Do you just need to turn back to God and say, actually God, thank you. You did that for me. Are you in need of a miracle of multiplication? We know at the moment it's you know hard times with... Um, Austerity and all, all that kind of stuff. Are you in need of a miracle of multiplication? Do you need to breathe life into something that is dead? Is there a gift God has given you that you may have picked up for a short while and then put down? Or that you haven't actually picked up at all? And because it's been lying dormant, might even be dead by now, is there something that you need to breathe life into so that it, um, do you need to breathe life into something that is dead? Do you need strength to endure? Something in your life right now that you're going through that you see no way out, you see no end. You just can't see beyond whatever this thing is. Do you need strength to endure that? What I like to do is just for a few short minutes is just close our eyes. And if any of those questions relate to you, I would just ask you just to raise your hand. Okay. Cameras are going to be off the congregation. And it's just as an acknowledgement. God, I need you. And I'm thankful to you 
for what you've done. If this is the first time that you have acknowledged God for his goodness, then I encourage you to reach out to him. And maybe in your heart, pray this prayer. Father God, I acknowledge you. I acknowledge your presence. And I choose to turn to you. I repent of my previous ways. I thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness of my sins. And I choose to live for you. If you need to return to thank God for something that he's done in your life, then maybe echo this prayer in your heart. Heavenly Father, I'm sorry that I've taken your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your faithfulness for granted. And I turn to you in gratitude because of this thing that you've done for me, this thing that you've given me. But ultimately, Lord, because you gave your life for me. If you're in need of a miracle of multiplication, then maybe echo this prayer in your heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are my provider. That you promise that you will provide for me. I thank you that I can trust that you carry out your promises and that you are who you say you are. And I receive your mercy. And if you need to breathe life into something that is dead, then maybe echo this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the breath of life that you breathed life into Adam's lungs right back at creation. And that right now you can breathe your life into this situation, into this gift, into this whatever it is that needs to be brought back to life. I thank you for your breath of life. And if you need strength to endure then maybe echo this prayer in your heart. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are here, that you are with me, that you uphold me and that you strengthen me. And in this thing that I am facing, that I see no way out, I, know st- I see no way beyond, I see no way through, I know that you are here with me. And I thank you for your grace to endure. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is within me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead that will see me through this to the end. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are who you are. And that whatever situation we face ourselves, you are here. That we can fully rely on you. That we can fully trust in you. That you will never let us down. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.
And just as a final thing, let's all cultivate an attitude of gratitude.